Well, it is set. We now know the final four with the final two pieces coming through on Sunday as Rock Chalk Jayhawk blows away the Miami Hurricanes to claim one of the spots. They'll now play Villanova in a national semifinal in North Carolina. The Tar Heels advance to the final four in the first year for Coach Hubert Davis with an easy win. Over 15 seed St. Peter's as the Magic really ran out for them in Philadelphia in the final game of the Elite Eight. And North Carolina now and hello Duke for the first time ever. They will meet in an NCAA tournament and it will come in the final four on Saturday in New Orleans. It's going to be incredible and we are going to be there as part of college basketball coast to coast. Thank you for finding us on the latest episode off the Sunday wins by both uh, Kansas and Carolina. Kansas winning easily 76-50 pulling away in the second half. Over the Canes, North Carolina's 20-point win, 69-49, was a name-your-score game, really, from the first 10 minutes on. They both are victorious. They joined Duke. They joined Villanova. And now we know the Final Four 2022. We're ready to talk about it, go over it, discuss it in uh, in some detail. Straight ahead, Zach Gelb will be here. I love Zach's insight from CBS Sports Radio. He mans the weeknight shift, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports Radio. So we're anxious to hear from him. Uh, coming up here, he was in the arena in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia trying to see if there was anything left for St. Peter's to pull another upset and become the first ever 15 seed to make the Final Four didn't happen. Wasn't close to happening in North Carolina as the eight seed gets through. Zach will tell you about that. And then later, uh, one of the guys that I love insight from, the former coach, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant turned broadcaster. He's been with me for over 15 years talking NCAA tournament and Final Four on Sirius XM and Fox Sports Radio. And now tune in for the last nine years that we've done this. Mark Wise is back aboard from the SEC Network and ESPN. He'll have insight on those Sunday regional final wins by Carolina and Kansas and a little bit on how Arkansas, a team he's very familiar with, fared and didn't fare against Duke and Y and Villanova back in the Final Four, too. So Mark Wise later on here in the show. Again, however you found this show, whether it's Tune In on the College Basketball Coast to Coast channel, under sports, under college sports, you'll find us streaming top and bottom of the hour, recapping the NCAA tournament games, previewing them. We'll be live at the Final Four on this channel on Tune In if you're hearing us through Tune In. Coming this weekend, I look forward to that with my colleagues Ari Russell, T.C. Martin, Deshaun Tate, and others. We'll be live in New Orleans this weekend on the TuneIn channel. Also, find us in podcast form. Play us whenever you like at your own convenience. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, look for College Basketball Coast to Coast. Follow and subscribe. We've been coming your way all through March. We will do so through the Final Four until a champ is crowned. Four teams enter on Saturday in the Caesars Superdome. One team wins it on Monday night. We'll be there all for it as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast, the show and the podcast. Let's get things underway and get it rolling with some perspective on the North Carolina win from someone who was right there. Indeed, he is leading us off. I love the insight from people that were there. He was OL on location inside the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia on Sunday evening to see North Carolina unfortunately end it and end it early for St. Peter's in advance to the Final Four. Zach Gelb of CBS Sports Radio. I love what this young man has been doing early on in his career. He's rocking it. He's now national, folks, 6 to 10 Eastern time. Uh, every weeknight on CBS Sports Radio and through their app and their service. 
uh, all of the above. Good to be with you, especially again when we've got March Madness flowing and you saw North Carolina enter into the Final Four with what they did. Good to have you. How did North Carolina make it look so easy, Zach? Oh, uh, they were just motivated right from the start. You know, you, you look back at the Purdue-St. Peter's game. I, I thought that was the big key because you know what it's like when you go to one of these NCAA tournament games. There's a lot of neutral fans, and everyone's going to be rooting for Cinderella and St. Peter's. So when they got out to that early start uh, with Brady Manick and then Armando Baycott, uh, they were just too much, and they were just too big and too talented and too physical. I don't want to take anything away from St. Peter's. It was a heck of a run, a marvelous run. And they entertained us a lot. Uh, but even after the game, Shaheen Holloway said he didn't recognize his team really in the first half and really the first 10 minutes. So I look back, it was just finally uh, midnight hit for Cinderella. Yep. I'm not taking anything away from St. Peter's, but that was such an efficient start for UNC. And they guarded them. And we're going to talk about that a little more. And it'll, it'll go back to later on this week and what North Carolina can do when they do guard you. They guarded the daylights out of them. And the game the game began 4 of 24 from the floor for St. Peter's. And a lot of that was contested shots, hand in the face, altered shots, etc. So give North Carolina uh, the credit from that standpoint. Hey, just I love these, and I keep asking people that were there, how electric was it at the beginning of the game? Because I have to believe we couldn't tell quite as much on TV, Zach, but you were there. I had I have to believe they had half the arena, St. Peter's, that were just ready to roar, and they unfortunately had nothing to roar about in the first half. But what was it like, and how electric was it at the beginning? Yeah, you look back at, at the arena, you know, going back to Friday, I really thought – that everyone's going to be all in on St. Peter's, and they were, and then eventually the UNC crowd would take over on Sunday when we knew the matchup. But I, I think you said it was 50-50. I, I believe it was more than that because early on when they introduced the North Carolina players, they were getting booed, and they were deafening boos. Now, as the game did go on, uh, the St. Peter's fans, you still heard them. They were very vocal, but it was a blowout, and then the Tar Heel uh, faithful did take over with their chance. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, say something about Hubert Davis, first-year coach. Uh, it's rare that this happens, that in your first year you make the Final Four. How much do we credit him, Zach? Uh, we got to give him a lot of credit because there was a lot of people that thought others should have got the job. And to take over for Roy Williams and to go to the Final Four in your number one with the team that many people said leading into that final, uh, well, now will be a third game, but the second Duke game, this was not a great UNC team. So they were fueled by that. And I got a chance to talk to Hubert Davis after the game. And I said to him, you've been there as a, as a player. You've been there as an assistant coach. And now you're going as a head coach. And he just kept on saying how this was the most nervous he ever was before a game because this was for his players. And they talked about this. They dreamt about it. And not a, I know it sounds a little crazy because it's UNC. It's the Blue Blood. But not a lot of people thought they could do this uh, this season. And in the final minute or so, it really set in. And you just saw him so overcome with emotions and, and really just put his uh, hand uh, right over his eyes and just couldn't believe that it was an awesome scene to see. Yeah, and that's, and that's again for a guy that has won at the highest level and won with Roy Williams as an assistant as a national champion back in 2017 when they won it. 
Something different about moving that one foot over, though, to the big chair and to be the head coach and have the pressure. And again, I, I, I'm no North Carolina guy. I have no allegiance to them. But he shut a lot of people up with the win at Cameron and now beating the one seed Baylor, beating UCLA and getting into the final four. So success, obviously, for Hubert Davis from this standpoint. All right, I know you're a Philly guy. I know you're a Temple guy. So you're going to begrudgingly roll your eyes when I ask you about Villanova. But they are back again as well with a Saturday win over Houston. We now know they will play Kansas. Got to give a lot of credit and props to Jay Wright. Back in the Final Four again with another new nucleus, etc. Whatever you want to say, say it about them being back as well. That's the first game that will be up, Villanova and Kansas. What about Nova? Jay Wright's the best coach in the country. To see the success he's had and the way he's sustained it uh, is just unbelievable in the last six to seven years. Remember, it was not that long ago that we talked about Jay Wright and having problems getting out of the first weekend. I know he did have that Final Four team uh, with Scotty Reynolds, but what he's been able to do and beat the UNC on that tremendous shot by Chris Jenkins, then you also get another championship win against Michigan. To be in the Final Four now, uh, very impressive for Jay Wright. I know they lost more, their second-leading scorer, but if there's a coach in the country, and that's a big-time loss, that could come up with a game plan that could get his team to the championship, I don't think, uh, even with the adversity, I'd take another coach over Jay Wright. I love Hubert Davis, love Bill Self. Um, what he's obviously been able to do, the Hall of Famer, for a long time at Kansas, and Coach K is Coach K. But Jay Wright, if all things are equal, uh, to me, with the blue blood in Villanova, all four blue bloods in the Final Four, Jay Wright is the best coach in the country for my money. And he loves Texas. He's a lock. He's now won six straight humongous games in Texas. Final Four, national title, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Get him some uh, cowboy boots and a hat, as I keep saying, uh, even though he's a Philly guy on that one. Before I let you go, Zach Gelb's done a tremendous job with me. And again, let me publicly acknowledge Zach is still driving, trying to get out of Philadelphia, trying to get back uh, to New York and do a show, et cetera. And he's gracious to give me a few minutes on college basketball coast to coast. So thank you publicly uh, for that. It is staggering. The numbers are everywhere staggering about Coach K with the most wins uh, with, a, with now 101 NCAA tournament wins. Again, I have public education math, Zach Gelb. If, if you were to win the national title by winning six games uh, for 15 straight years, uh, that's 80 wins. That's not 101 wins. It's ridiculous how many wins that is. It's 13 Final Fours. I know we're going to talk about this so much this week and this weekend. It's staggering, and he's back in the Final Four again with a shot at another national title, Zach. Whatever you want to say there about Coach K and Duke getting back, fire away. I know a lot of people can't stand Coach K. I know a lot of people don't like Duke. I absolutely love this story. And to see the way that this team has grown up since what he said was an unacceptable and embarrassing performance and in his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium against UNC, it's just been marvelous. This is a team that was down five to Michigan State. They end the game on a 20-6 to run. Then they're down two against Texas Tech. They go on a 12-5 run. I didn't know how these kids were going to respond to pressure because they didn't do it in a good way up against UNC. But they have been just tremendous in the crunch time in the tournament. And now we get Duke-UNC for the mm. first time in the history of the NCAA tournament, sign me up. I cannot wait for this game on Saturday. And to see the way that both these teams have really, for UNC, their run started at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and things started to turn around for Duke after that game. It's just a perfect collision course. 
in New Orleans. So grab your beignets, get your gumbo, <laughs> and this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait, TJ. I love it. I love it's Hollywood. I mean, the man said in closing, "This is not over yet." Before he went and sat down in his chair, little did he know it would be a rematch with North Carolina in a Final Four. Uh, to, to make it through. Let's see what happens. It's a lot of fun. Again, Zach Gelb has been with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I again publicly say I was around this young man as a college broadcaster. I saw talent. I saw determination. It does not surprise me in the least that he is rocking it right now as a national radio host with CBS Sports Radio. Keep knocking them dead. As I keep joking with you, I'm going to be working for you at some point. So please remember my name and please take my call on that one. Keep knocking them dead on CBS CBS Sports Radio, Zach Gelb. Well, TJ, I appreciate it. And I was looking for you in Philly tonight, and I couldn't find you because I owe you a meal at Ralph. Come on, <laughs> nice little Italian dinner. Uncle TJ's usually buying in Philly. I was not in Philly. I'll be in the Big Easy. I hear you're not in the Big Easy, but we will hook up at some point down the road. Thank you for the time. Be safe driving. You gave me time while driving on college basketball coast to coast. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much, TJ. There we go. Love Zach's insight. And again, CBS Sports Radio is where you find him. You find us on TuneIn on the College Basketball Coast to Coast channel and in podcast form. A reminder, we're brought to you in part by Ticket Smarter. If you are looking for tickets for the Final Four this weekend, they're going to be in demand. We suggest that you use Ticket Smarter for the best seats inside the Superdome. Ticket Smarter's got a 100% guarantee on your sale. You're going to get best competitive prices no matter where you are in the Dome. We love the fact that uh, we're aligned with Ticket Smarter so much so that they're letting you take $10 off every order with our promo code COAST22. Put that promo code in at checkout, COAST22. Save $10 off every time you use Ticket Smarter for the weekend games, for the Monday night championship game, but for really for anything. Major League Baseball starting up, playoffs in the NBA or the NHL, the Masters Golf Tournament, wherever you can get tickets to any sporting event, any live event that's there, it's on Ticket Smarter. Use COAST22 and take $10 off every time you use it with our promo code. Download the Ticket Smarter app. Go to TicketSmarter.com to find out more. And again, use our promo code 10 bucks off with code tw- uh, COAST22. He is one of my faves. I always love the insight of Mark Wise, who does great work on all the ESPN platforms, in particular with the SEC network of coverage uh, that you see through ESPN and uh, and obviously all of their different games through the postseason, et cetera, has been working some NIT as well. Good to you, good to have you back on college basketball coast to coast, my friend. As we now know, the final four after Sunday's results were Kansas and North Carolina both won and both won big. How are you feeling coming off the weekend? PJ, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Um, it, 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 I get to this point almost every year. The four teams that we have left standing, couldn't we have? pick those like two weeks ago so how come nobody had these four teams (laughs) these four blue bloods if you will yeah well certainly kansas was the one seed duke was the two seed villanova was the two seed north carolina might be the surprise as the eight seed but you're right if you're just going on rep and how often they've all been to the final four and for the most part the coaches that are involved uh and now hubert davis suddenly joins that fraternity and gets to the final four in his first year yeah, you would look very smart of having having had that final four. <laughs> no question. Or three weeks ago. No yeah, it's been that. a yeah, it's been an interesting um, 
you know, to give an overview of what I think has transpired in the first two weeks, I, I've said this for the last two months of the season. I truly believe our game has never been better. Our product has never been better. And I know it's never been older. But because of the age of the players, because of COVID, uh, because of the free year, because of the transfer portal, um, it also means that defenses are better because older players play better defense, which they, they just do. Yeah. Trust me yeah. on that. They, they, they follow a scouting report. They don't get lost as much. They understand who to cover and who not to cover. So I think what we've seen throughout most of the tournament is that points are hard to come by. Not because teams are inept on the offensive end. It's just that I think the defenses are ahead of the offenses, especially when it comes to switching. I think the man-to-man switching, the one through five, I think that concept right now is ahead of our game on the offensive end. Always love the analytical look that Mark Wise will give you uh, as, a, as a former coach, a former assistant coach in the Final Four. Uh, by the way, I was rooting so hard for the Purdue-UCLA Elite <laughs> Eight game just to get you some vengeance from 1980 and Kiki Fadaway, like you always tell those yeah. stories. And it yeah. didn't happen for either Purdue or UCLA. Uh, welcome to the tournament. So I want to work backwards and start first with North Carolina and St. Peter's before we talk Kansas and Miami. That's the freshest thing. Again, right. it was decisive. Why was it so decisive when you saw this thing, when St. Peter's had been so good against Kentucky, Murray State, and Purdue, they had no hope 10 minutes in against North Carolina? Well, I just think they played the wrong opponent at the wrong time in terms of uh, meeting North Carolina. You know, North Carolina is a team that kind of found their game in February and then has found their confidence in March. And it all started with that last regular season win uh, against Duke on the road in Cameron. Um, they found the balance between offense and defense and the mismatch that Manic gives them, the confidence that Love is playing with. We know what, what Baycott is, is capable of doing. As a matter of fact, he he pulled a Shibwe against St. Peter's today with the 2020. So from that standpoint, this is a team that I think for the first, I mean, two months, I, 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 I get that you can argue that it's a new coach, a new system. They're in new roles. I get all that. But for a Carolina team with this much talent, they underperform the first couple of months of the season. Well, now they are hitting their stride and it couldn't have come at a better time. I think one of the biggest things, obvious, is they defended so much better than Kentucky and Purdue, particularly particularly right. in the first half. Everybody kept pointing out St. Peter's can't score. They can't make a shot. Well, that's because they were being guarded every right. which direction. Tell me more about what you saw. Well, again, I think they closed out on the arc. I mean, all great upsets, and you can go to the first-round St. Peter's game against Kentucky. I told you maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, my concern about Kentucky was their three-point shooting, not because they're a poor shooting team. They just don't take enough of them. And in that game, I think St. Peter's made nine three balls. The thing that impressed me, if you're a big underdog like St. Peter's has been in this tournament, it's been a great run. Yes, you need to win the arc. Everybody understands that. But as an underdog, you need to survive early and make sure you get the game in the middle of the ring. North Carolina never allowed St. Peter's to get this battle in the middle of the ring. They were on the ropes early and as a consequence got KO'd. 
Yeah, no doubt. That arena was ready to rock. It's only a 90-minute drive, give or take, from Jersey City, their campus, their alumni base to get to Philadelphia. They just had nothing to cheer about to inspire them like they had done uh, to a big extent in the Friday night game. And again, North Carolina won and won easily again for Baycott and Manic. Uh, this is staggering. 39 points combined, 30 rebounds combined. Right. Hello out of those two to move on. How much credit do we give to Hubert Davis here in what you were just saying about how much better they are? Because again, he was under fire, but clearly he has shut a lot of people up with the win at Duke. And now what he has just done these first two weekends of the NCAA tournament. Well, we, we give coaches way too much blame when things go wrong. So you better (laughs) give them the fame when things go right. So from that standpoint, he deserves a lot of credit. I think he deserves a lot of credit because he saw the vision of what this team might be capable of, I think, before the players did. And so everybody knew, look, Baycott is is a known commodity. Mm -hmm. It's been all the other guys around him that have stepped up their game. And I don't care if you're talking about Love or Manic or, or whoever else that has just been sensational in the tournament. Their supporting cast around the big fella has been really, really good. And that's the reason why they're still standing. I, I, they, first of all, remember this. We talk about what does it take to make a deep run in the tournament? It takes NBA talent. They have that. You better be in the top 40 in Ken Palm's offensive and defensive efficiency. I think they're the only team, I think offensively, they're just outside the top 40 at 45. But you get the point. You You've got to have great guard play. They've had that. You've got to have rim protection. They've had that. And you've got to have a three-point presence. And probably that's been my biggest surprise, is that they've shot the ball, for the most part, pretty well in this turn. Well, they continue. We'll touch on the Duke thing coming up. The Duke thing being, oh, by the way, the matchup in the Superdome <laughs> Saturday. Let's give a due to Bill Self in Kansas. They were in trouble yeah. in the first half against a very good Miami team that had already pulled a couple of upsets in this tournament right. against USC and against Auburn. Same question in the earlier regional final. How did Kansas get it done? Because once they stomped on the accelerator, game over second half. Yeah. I thought, even watching the game in the first half, I, I know McGusty is making these tough shots, but I thought if those tough shots ever come back to the norm and Kansas is able to rebound and get the ball out, they're going to be okay. I didn't see the route coming on that happened in the second half, but I, I didn't think they were particularly poor defensively in the first half. Miami just jumped up and made shots. And that's how you advance in this tournament. And when you don't make those shots, then you better have an answer defensively, especially on the transition end. Kansas took advantage of that. They got Obaji going in the second half. Um, and I thought the, the, the three-point play inside in the uh, early in the second half by McCormick, I, I thought it was a real momentum builder. And I thought from that point over, they dominated. Yeah, they executed their offense. They were outstanding. Miami couldn't make a shot, et cetera, et cetera. We give Bill Self a lot of credit. Whatever he said, I put this on social media, whatever he said and whatever he adjusted at halftime, bottle it and sell it. They came out of the locker room 18 to four, flipped right. the game around and never looked back. Uh, and again, he's back in the final four for the fourth time now in his career. And he's back in the final four in the Big Easy. They were there in 2012 and they're back. They're back there again. Can I just say one thing on the soapbox? And I'd love to have you join in, but do whatever you want here on this part of Miami's problem. And it's the larger problem. Nobody, nobody 
anymore has any regard for what's a bad shot, what's a stupid shot, what's right. a dumb shot. Right. Miami took, and it maybe maybe only would have kept it a little closer. Miami took three or four uh, shots where I sat and uh, even verbalized, "That's a stupid shot. Why are you shooting yeah. down by fourteen on the fast break with no one under the basket?" We uh, just generally speaking, nobody anymore right. wants to call out what's a stupid shot or go sit down for a stupid shot. And I think it helped in the avalanche. They didn't try to set something up, get a better shot that maybe would have kept them in the game. So that's just me saying that. Feel free to join in, poo-poo it, whatever you want to do real quick, Mark Wise. No, I think what we have seen happen, and I think it happens on the NBA level on a nightly basis, we've let the analytics dictate shots regardless of situation, time, and score. And when you do that, then you are, you are running the risk of forgetting about the score. And when that happens, then the other team's on a 10-0 run. In the NBA, the players are so good, they can overcome that. Mm-hmm. But in college, and especially in the second half of the Miami game today, uh, they're not going to do that. That is the voice of Mark Wise. Love his insight. Again, great work with the SEC Network and ESPN. Follow him at MW Hoops. He's tweeting all through March, all through the tournament. He's my guy. He's been with me for the better part of 15 years. We don't want to admit that. Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, and here on TuneIn and College Basketball Coast to Coast, the podcast and the show. Uh, I'm looking so forward to everything at the Final Four. Uh, the only disappointing thing is Coach Wise can't be there. He's got a bunch of stuff going, including seeing the <laughs> grandkids. I'll miss – this is three years in a row that I'm not with you. Promise me we get to do it again somewhere down oh, the road. Absolutely. Where's the Final Four next year? I don't even know. I haven't – I'm just – I'm trying to get ahead to New Orleans. It may be back in Indianapolis for all I know, the way that they rotated around. My favorite place, by the way. Oh, yeah. We love we love that one. But the Big Easy, you can walk to everything as well, too, in the, in the Superdome right. and the French Quarter and all of that. Uh, all right, so Kansas – gets Villanova, Duke gets North Carolina. I want to go back, and again, only a couple of minutes left here because he's got to run, and we do too. I want to go back to Saturday night. Duke got it done. Yeah. Again, very well prepared. They took advantage of Arkansas on the inside. You saw Arkansas a bunch this year, including in the SEC tournament, et cetera. Just give me a quick analysis on how Duke got it done or Arkansas didn't do enough to get it done in the regional final out west. Well, what is the old adage? They Sometimes it's best to go on the KISS plan. Uh, just keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I thought Duke really did a nice job of, of, of isolating Bancaro in the mid post uh, when they needed buckets in the middle of the second half, when the game was going to be won, when the game was going to be determined, they got the ball to him. They played through him. He was marvelous. His teammates were marvelous. So uh, again, I think Arkansas, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm looking at two coaches that I think in, in Musselman for Arkansas and Kelvin Sampson for Houston, who got their programs back to that second weekend, back to an elite eight um, with completely different rosters, with completely different guys mm-hmm. in starring roles, with completely different guys um, kind of improving their game, if you will. All right, before I let you go, we know Villanova, Kansas, two two fantastic programs is the first game. And then we've never had it before. Duke and North Carolina. And I know people are going to get sick of it by the time we get to Saturday, but you can't oversell this, especially with the fact it's Coach K's final year and Carolina beat them in his final game at Cameron, the final game of the regular season. And he came on the court before the ceremony. You know this, the audience knows this. 
the, to honor him for his illustrious career and said, this is not over yet. And who could have envisioned yeah. that this is not over yet means playing North Carolina as a program for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament in the final four Hollywood brother, Hollywood. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I read that they had played in the NIT. Um, they've obviously played the ACC tournament many, many times over the years, but to have never play in the NCAA tournament is quite the, um, quite the nugget going into this game. And you're right. By the time of Saturday gets here, I think we'll probably all be tired of it. Uh, it's a great run. Uh, I think, I think Kay knew his team was good enough to get there back in October, but getting them there is a different, I, I, again, TJ, I, I, I hate to beat this horse all the time. People don't understand how hard it is to win one game mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament, much less four to get you to the final four, much less six to get you to hoist the turn, uh, the trophy at the end. So from that standpoint, all the coaches there enjoy the moment. I wish I had taken more time when I was on the staff at Purdue. I wish I had, I had kind of uh, smiled a little bit more. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Uh, so from that standpoint, enjoy the moment. Congratulations to all the teams, all the programs. And for those teams and programs that did not make it, it's not a downer. It's just not. Sure. I mean, you have memories forever at places like St. Peter's or what uh, what Houston was able to do with the Miami Hurricanes getting to the Elite Eight for the first time. Those kind How of things. How about Providence? How about Ed Cooley? Yeah. The job Ed what a, Cooley what did. What a season. What a season for them. And you could go on and on down the list with the, with the different teams and the seasons that they had and the postseasons that they had. Love this man's insight. Again, be well. I may catch up with you on Final Four weekend distantly. We will be at the Big Easy uh, in your absence there. We will have, we will have some uh, seafood, some gumbo, whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, my friend, thank you. I always love the insight on college basketball coast-to-coast -coast from Mark Wise. Be well. Talk to you soon. Enjoy New Orleans. Love that man's insight. And again, we got blue bloods galore. All the teams in blue, literally, as Villanova will play Kansas and Duke will play Carolina. Looking forward to being in the Big Easy later in the week. We've got more on college basketball coast to coast coming this week. Before we go to New Orleans, find us on the TuneIn channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks to Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio, Mark Wise of ESPN, and the SEC Network. The final four is set. We're rocking along on College Basketball Coast to Coast.